0: Jess O'Cullaghan, and welcome to the Audiocraft podcast. This podcast was produced and recorded on the lands of the Darug people and on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present, and acknowledge that this always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. In this feed, you'll find all the recordings from the 2020 Audiocraft Podcast Festival, workshops, keynotes, and more. Matthew Lieber is Head of Podcast Operations at Spotify and the co-founder of Gimlet Media. You probably know his voice from their game-changing inaugural podcast, Startup. In this session, you'll hear Matt's story on how Gimlet was built and why they joined Spotify and what all this tells us about the growth of the audio storytelling industry and the future of that industry. At the end of Matt's talk, Prithi Day will join in to share a couple of audience questions with Matt from the day. She's the podcast partner manager at Spotify Australia and New Zealand. But first up, Matt Lieber.
1: I'm joining you from the east coast of the United States, so it's nighttime for me. Um, but but I'm but I understand you're off to a great start this morning with with AudioCraft. So I'm Matt and and I guess the thing to know about me that's, I think, pertinent for this group is I'm obsessed with audio, and I have been for my entire life. So I I grew up listening to the radio, and I would listen, like I was one of those kids who um, every day on the way to school, I would listen to NPR, National Public Radio, which is like the ABC of the U.S., um, on the way to school every day. And then I would always have to have a radio, on while I did my um, while I did my homework in the afternoon, I would listen to sports talk, and then I even had a a a little uh, clock radio on my bedside table so that I could have a voice rolling into my ear as I fell asleep. And for me, growing up, it was it was a form of companionship. I think I think people learn and 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 um, in different ways, and some kids get obsessed by books, and some kids get obsessed by movies. But for me, it was always the medium of audio. And one of my crispest memories was um, I come from Boston, which is a big sports town, and, and uh, the Red Sox were the uh, were the baseball team, are the baseball team in Boston. And I never wanted to watch the Red Sox games on TV. I always preferred to listen to them on the radio, because when I would hear the announcers tell the story of the game and paint the picture of Fenway Park, the stadium where the team played, I felt like I could recreate it in my own imagination. So I became obsessed with radio very early. I ran my college radio station. I spent about a decade producing news, music, and entertainment, um, first for MTV radio and then for NPR. And I think the picture that you're looking uh, at on the screen is me as a as a producer of a morning show. Um, so I would get I would get to get to work every day at three in the morning. Pull the headlines, write news stories, and then do live radio for four hours from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Um, you know, at some point, I, uh, my story is that I veered off and went into the world of business um, and because I wanted to do other things. But, you know, after, after a few years um, as, a, as a management consultant, where I, I traded the tools of, yeah, I, tra- I traded my Pro Tools and my microphone and for PowerPoint slides and, and Excel, um, Excel uh, sheets, which just are way, way less fun, crucially important, but way less fun. Um, I started I started listening to this whole new form of audio, which we now know as podcasts. but I started listening to a lot of podcasts and I was tra- doing quite a bit of travel at the time so and I found myself on planes um, or in cars discovering this whole new, this whole new group of voices that I hadn't known really existed before, and it was things like um, WTF with Mark Barron and Radio Lab um, from Jad, Abumrad. And it was it, it felt to me like on-demand audio was a whole new medium. Um, and it was related but but distinct from radio. Um, and I started telling everyone I knew that when they would ask me what I wanted to do, so what I really wanted to do was that was was go back into the world of on-demand audio and build a business. Um, and I told enough people that that finally someone said, oh, there's another there's another person you should meet because he is starting that business. and And that was my uh, co-founder, Alex Bloomberg, who um, some of you may know, um, is, I, I call Alex the Steven Spielberg of audio, because he's he's one of the best people in the world at what he does, which is creating hit podcasts. And he had had a background at This American Life, um, which he worked on with Ira Glass, and then he created Planet Money from uh, with, with, with National Public Radio. And so Alex and I met and immediately decided, this is what we were gonna do. We were gonna start a business um, producing quality, um, podcasts. And that business was Gimlet. And the idea behind Gimlet was to bring storytelling um, into podcasts and to try to do it at a really high level of quality to become the HBO of audio. And our first show um, was called Startup. And some of you may know this show, um, but the idea that, that um, Alex had really like the animating idea was that starting a business is a very dramatic endeavor. Um, both of us at the time had young families. Um, we both had rent to pay. We had full-time jobs with stable salaries and, um, we were taking a leap and we were taking, taking a leap into the unknown to start something new that had never, um, that, that we had never done before. Um, and so you had two characters. We knew what we wanted to do. We had a passion for audio, but the nature of, um, The nature of entrepreneurship is um, even though you're always pretending like you know what the right answer is and like you know what you're doing and pretending like your success is inevitable, um, the truth is most of the time you don't know what you're doing. Um, Most weeks when you're starting a new business just to getting it off the ground um, are full of a continuous string of failures and you kind of fail your way to success uh, if you're lucky and you have good timing and and, and and the business works and it did for us. But but Alex's insight was we could put this into a story. Um, and so we created a documentary that told the story of what it's really like to start a business and that was startup. And within a few months of launching the show, this was in in, in September of 2014, So almost six years ago, within a few months of launching the show, we had hundreds of thousands of people following us in real time um, as we started the company and um, that startup was, was our, was our first product. It was our first source of revenue because we had ads on the shows from the very beginning and it was our first marketing engine. It really said to the world, it made a statement to the world about who we were as people and what Gimlet was trying to become. Um, And startup also solidified this idea, which is that we're at the dawn of the second golden age of audio. And this uh, this is a picture of the first golden age of audio. So this is in the 1930s. And this would be a time when there wasn't yet television sitting in American living rooms or Australian living rooms. Uh, this was a time when families would actually gather around and listen to the radio and stare at the radio and they would have a they would make appointment listening. And this was an incredibly fertile time of creativity. So um these were the years where um, Orson Welles was doing the shadow radio drama. Um it was a time when new media companies were being built. Um CBS and NBC started as as radio companies um, later grew into television and film multimedia businesses. 1930s was also when the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation started. And, um, and it was also a time where news was being redefined. So, you know, shortly after this was when you had Edward R. Murrow um, for CBS News narrating World War II happening from, from, from the roof of a hotel building in London. As you would hear, you know, the bombing of London in the background. So this was the first golden age of audio. Then shortly after that, TV came along. And in a lot of ways, radio froze. Like you didn't see a lot of innovation in creativity and storytelling in radio um, after the 1950s, because a lot of the creative energies flowed to more visual meeting medium, mediums. Um, until now and now we are at the dawn of the second golden age of audio and because smartphones are in every pocket because um connected cars are coming online this new medium of on-demand audio of podcasting really is creating a second creative flourishing and you're hearing all kinds of new voices and new storytelling happening that feel relevant to this medium and this moment um and this was what Gimlet was built to do. I mean, if the 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 what every time a new medium gets born, new media companies get built. And as I mentioned, um, the uh, then when the new medium was radio, that was when NBC and ABC got built. When the new medium was cable television, that's when um, MTV got built. And and we believe that that podcasts are a new medium, and we wanted to build. You know, one of the defining um, media brands for this new medium, and that was Gimlet. Um, so we do have a you know, We are we are often asked, like, what is the secret to making a good podcast? And I think the truth is, there's no formula. There is no secret to it. There's three things that we are always looking for in a new show um, that we think are rewarding. Why listeners? want to listen to podcasts. And they're basically, one is to hear a story. Um, and if you listen to Startup, uh, it was a good story. It was, it was, it, it had an interesting plot with characters you could get attached to. Um, even though we were, we were um, we, we, and, and we were flawed, you know, we messed up. We did whole episodes um, about how in the early months of the company, we were burning out our staff. We were working so hard that um, we were at risk of like not being able to continue. Um, In the early days of the company, we ran a lot on on adrenaline, but after a few months of that, it became too much. And so Alex said, we should do an episode about this because it's a problem a lot of businesses face. Um, I was terrified to do that. Um, I thought that if we told the world that, um, that, that our staff was working so hard that they didn't know if they could continue that no one would ever come work for us. Uh, no one would want to be a part of Gimlet. Every time we had one of those moments in startup where we're like, the thing we're telling is too personal, too vulnerable, and we actually ended up publishing it, it actually made audiences care more about us because they felt that we, they were hearing from real people going through real experiences um, and going through a real story. So, so that's that's number one. Um, number two is we think people listen to learn something new or to improve in some way. Um, so at one of our biggest shows now is, um, it originated actually as an Australian show. Um, it's hosted by Wendy Zupperman, who I think you might be hearing from or might already have heard from if uh, um, as part of the, the festival this weekend. And she hosts a show called Science Versus, and it's a show that tries to look at fads and myths and trends and uncover the true underlying facts behind them to separate what is real and what is BS. And um, the thing you'll get from Science Versus is is you will learn something new. If you've been listening in the last few months, you will have learned a ton about what we know and what we don't know about COVID-19. So you'll learn whether it's safe to go back to schools, you'll learn whether wearing a mask really does help um, stop transmission of the virus. It does. Uh, And you'll learn um, whether once you get the virus, whether you could potentially get it again. So this is, we think, a real reason that people come back again and again to podcasts is because they feel they're getting some kind of nourishment or self-improvement. And the third, the third reason is just companionship. It's what I experienced so powerfully when I was a kid, which is when you're listening to a podcast you like, it feels like you're hanging out with people who are companionable. Um, I think Hamish and Andy in the Australian market is a great example of this. Um, people you want to hang out with, at least a certain segment of the audience. And so as we're developing shows um, at Spotify, and, and certainly this is true at Gimlet, um, we're looking for for a show to hit at least two out of these three things. And when you look at the biggest hits, um, they're they're typically hitting all three in one way or another. I think that um, this is Gimlet in the early days. It's really messy. Um, it's it um, we this was our first office and it was cheap. And I think the truth is that. Um, Podcasts are cheap to make, um, but not in the way that you think. The, a thing that I've seen in the last few years is a lot of, um, a lot of media businesses, um, mature companies or people are looking at podcasts as like, oh, that's a cheap, easy way to create media um, because it can't be that hard, right? It can't be that hard to make a great podcast. It's really hard to make a great podcast. Um, it's cheap in the sense that all you really need is a microphone and a recorder and you don't need big fancy studios. So in the early days, we would, we put all of our money into what we thought mattered most, which was the people. Um, and so we skimped on everything else. We, we hand built our first studio. Um, you can see a little whisper room in the back left hand corner of this picture um, that we bought on Craigslist. Um, But the truth is there's an expensive part to making good podcasts, and it's really expensive, which is the time and talent of the people who really know how to do it. And I think that can be a host who is, you know, super talented at forging an emotional connection with audiences. Although as soon as you get beyond um, just the companionship aspect of the show and you're getting into storytelling and, um, learning and information and reporting and doing journalism, then there's a whole um, constellation of people that need to come together to make that happen. And that's great producers and sound engineers and editors. And that takes real talent and it's a craft. And so, as I said, in the early days, we really poured all of our resources into getting the best people and attracted you know, a really dense hive of people who, cared a ton about this medium and what works in this medium. And it's still true that you know the best podcasts, the most successful podcasts are not when people are coming from other media to dabble in audio because it looks easy and they think it won't take that much of their time. It's when people, it's, it's people who are of the medium of audio who care a ton about it. Or if they're coming from another medium, respect the specialness. Uh, of of podcasts that are willing to commit to it. And when you do that, if you get storytelling in this medium, right, it can travel to other other media. So, um, Gimlet has had a number of our shows adapted for television and film. Um, This is one, uh, this was our first fiction series. It was called Homecoming. And it was a suspenseful um, story involving government surveillance and paranoia. Um, and it went on to become a television show on Amazon. Uh, the first season starred Julia Roberts and the second season stars Janelle Monae. Uh, you can watch both of them now and it's all based on our podcast. Um, one key thing for, and we have, a, we have you know, probably another dozen projects that are um, in development from episodes of Reply All to, um, you know, to a fiction series based on the horror of Dolores Roach, which is a fictional horror series that we made as a podcast. Um, one key thing for us is that we were never setting out to reverse engineer television. So for us, is for us, it's always what is the best version of the story that we can tell through audio, and if that works, it may travel. If it doesn't travel, that's okay too. Um, but we wanted to reward what's what what um, what what this medium wants. So, we built Gimlet over the course of five years. Um, we hired a team of 100 people. We launched 20 shows and plus and and built an advertising business and ultimately an audio advertising agency called Gimlet Creative. Um, and about five years into the company, uh, we started a conversation with Spotify. and that led us to sell the business to Spotify. So I now come to you as a Spotify employee um, and and you know the reason why we did that was what we were finding is that the there were some things we could do really well. like we could create shows and we could distribute them to our existing audiences. Um, but we still didn't have the data that was going to tell us who was actually listening to our shows. Um versus who was da- just downloading them. We didn't know um, we weren't able to cluster audiences who love you know one particular collection of shows and not others. Um, and we didn't have global distribution. Um, and it, it's still the case that um, you know a lot of the way podcasts get 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 shared and discovered are very old-fashioned. It's sort of like, you know, I, I, people learn about a podcast because their friend told them about it, or because they've found out um, in the media. And we always thought that podcasts should be listened to by way more people than they are. Than they are, and we thought that discovery was one of the um, big reasons why uh, why podcasts haven't reached even deeper into our culture. It's hard to discover new podcasts, um, particularly for casual audiences. And we thought Spotify could help solve that problem because. Um, the company had done such a great job solving discovery um, in in music. Um, so we're now part of Spotify, and um, actually, I was coming. I was asked to come in about nine months ago, and um, move out of Gimlet and come in to run operations at Spotify across our portfolio. So we have we now have four studios at Spotify, four podcast studios, and each of them. Um, is really making a different kind of show for a different kind of distinct audience. So Gimlet is really edited narrative storytelling for listeners who want to get smarter while they're entertained, right? It's that piece of we're doing storytelling, but we're also helping you learn something new. Um, The Ringer, which is our most recent acquisition, is a a conversational personality-driven Um, studio, and it's for fans of sports and pop culture. So if you're obsessed with The Bachelor and you want to have recaps of every episode, or if you want to go deep on The Wire um, and you want to hear really intelligent conversations that go through the history of that show, that's The Ringer. And they'll also be interviewing athletes. They'll be talking about the NBA, um, the NFL, Premier League soccer. um, And so the ringer fans are really passionate obsessive um, about their areas of interest and most of those shows are are, are personality driven so they tend to be live to tape um, if they're edited they're lightly edited um, and they're really capitalizing on that camp- companionship element of when you listen to a ringer show you just want to hang out with the people who are hosting the show um, parcast is scripted content so for for audiences who love true crime mystery um, and lifestyle content too. So they will um, increasingly are going into other areas of programming, um, but shows like Serial Killers, uh, which is a show about serial killers, um, or cults, um, paranormal activity. Parcast does an incredible job at making um, lots of content that's story-driven and really efficiently made um, for audiences who have a ravenous appetite um, for that, that kind of storytelling. And our fourth studio is is Spotify Studios, and it tends to be around music and entertainment content for listeners who are new to podcasts, so younger listeners, um, or listeners who are just discovering um, the medium. And we're global, so we're um, we're in Spotify itself is in um, now over. 90 markets globally, and we have podcast operations where we're partnering and creating exclusive and original content for 17 of those markets. And we've seen explosive growth globally. So in, Q- in, in, in the first quarter of this year, we saw consumption of podcasts grow triple digit rates on the platform. And what we're finding is that when listeners come to Spotify and they start listening to podcasts, they become more engaged. Um, they listen to more podcasts and they stick around the platform longer, and they also listen to more music. Um, Australia is one, of our, uh, is one of our priority markets, so you'll see it on the, on the map here. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that in just a moment. Um, I'd also just point out that we're, we're leading globally. So in over 60 markets... In the world we are the top podcast distributor we're the number one place where people are going to listen to podcasts in most of europe um almost all of latin america um and much of asia um and we're in the markets that we are where we aren't the top player we're quickly gaining ground and we think we're going to be there soon um we are localizing our content so um a great example of this is a show that we just launched called Sandra. This was a scripted fiction series starring Kristen Wig and um, Ethan Hawke along with Alia Shawkat and it was a it's a it's a fiction series that Gimlet created that's about a world where artificial intelligence stops becoming so artificial after all and it kind of brings you behind the voice of an Alexa-like device. It was a hit show for us in the US. And so what we went ahead and did was we localized the program in four different markets. So in French, German, Spanish, and Portuguese. And in each of these markets, we worked with top um, actors and directors, voice talent to recreate the series, but also adapt it in a way that felt more natural to the Um, to the local market. So we change the characters, we change the places, and some of the story elements to make it feel more relevant um, to to the local environment. Um, We're also just straight ahead adapting shows. Um, Parcast, which is, as I mentioned, our true crime and mystery focused network, um, has done dozens of adaptations in a number of languages. And what we're finding is that um, subjects? True crime really is uh, a, a subject that has endless fascination, and for which there is just a lot of appetite for, for, for podcasts on the subject. And so, in this case, because of the nature of the way these shows are produced, um, which is they're they're highly scripted, they typically have a um, a producer or or a voice actor reading the scripts with very little um, tape. From, from, from out in the world, um, but scored and told in a premium way, um, these are very adaptable. And so we've had a lot of luck with these and we're gonna be looking at how to adapt uh, the, the ringer approach to podcast soon as well. So Australia is a priority for us. And I, I, and, and we feel we we've, we've taken a leadership position in the country. Um, the Infinite Dial survey, which came out a couple months ago, showed that Spotify is the leading audio service in Australia, both across music and podcasts. So, forty-four percent of Australians are using Spotify. Have said that they've they've used audio streaming from Spotify in the last month, um, and that's that's against nine percent and declining for our closest competitor. Um, and we see that almost a third of Australians are regularly listening to podcasts. So this is really one of the most mature podcast markets in the world right now. Um, and what we're finding is that the audiences who are listening in Australia tend to are a little bit, um, uh, the Spotify listeners tend to be younger um, and they tend to be m- more diverse. So almost 70% of our audience on Spotify is age 12 to 34 versus 42% um, on other platforms. We're also making original uh, programming in, in Australia. So, um, and part of that, uh, part of that we have done through our SoundUp program. So, SoundUp is a global program that is aiming to raise up the next generation of podcasters through education, workshops, and and support. Um, and our goal is to with SoundUp is to create a platform for new voices who aren't yet often heard in the podcast ecosystem. We ran a uh, sound up boot camp that was focused on First Nations people last year. And one of the shows that came out of it was Search Engine Sex. Um, and it's hosted by, um, by, by Rowdy who went through the program and um, created a show that's all about this, the questions about sex that are in the back of our heads that we will Google, but that we don't really talk about in open conversation. Um, We launched it just a few weeks ago and it's off to a great start. So what's next for Spotify? Um, uh, We've just announced a couple of major content deals including um, a slate that we're developing with with, uh, Warner Brothers and DC Comics. So you will start to see superheroes from the DC world appearing in our comics. Um, we, rec- we recently launched video podcasts because, um, and we're, we're testing video podcasts, and we have we have seven of them available on the platform right now, um, and we do expect to have more in the future. But part of that is about um, noticing that there's a behavior happening on other video platforms where uh, listeners are watching podcasts. They may only watch it ten or twenty percent of the time. Um, Otherwise, they may keep it in their pocket. But we wanted to enable our, the ability for video podcasters to be on Spotify as well. Um, and finally, we recently launched announced the Michelle Obama podcast, uh, which is hosted by, of course, the first lady of the United States. And um, the fir- this is this show is actually launching next week. So check out the Michelle Obama podcast next week. Um, and we uh, I think just uh, just revealed yesterday that the first episode is going to be. Uh, Michelle Obama interviewing her husband, the president, uh, and that is next uh, mid next week. Um, so that's what's going. That's what's going on at Spotify in a nutshell. Um, I'm now going to bring on Preeti Day, who is our Spotify partnership manager in Australia, um, and so she's going to join me. And I welcome any and all questions. Um, one of oh hey Preeti, you're here. Hey. <laughs> um, and so we, yeah, we we'd love to have questions. One of my, um, one of the exper- one of the things I learned as a producer is that um, hard questions are good, direct questions are good, um, and so we welcome any and all.
2: We have some good questions for you, Matt. Um, thanks again, obviously, for joining us and sharing your story. But um, yeah, I think I'm going to get get into it here and just start with um, something that I think a lot of people are really interested to know about. And that's just our platform and how that works in regards to openness. And we have a really good question here um, about the Michelle Obama podcast, actually, um, in regards to whether it will lessen the openness of the podcast landscape and um, should podcasts be available freely without paywalls or platform restrictions to maintain their democratic feel? Would love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah. So um, one thing I will say is that um, podcasts on Spotify are available to everyone. Um, you don't have to pay for them. So we have um, we now have over. I think the most recent announcement we had was that we have over a quarter billion users. Um, globally. And, you know, it's roughly half and half who are paying and not paying. And all of the content that we have um, on the platform, all of the podcasts, including our exclusive podcasts, and the Michelle Obama podcast is exclusive to our platform, It's available for free. Um, And so you can stream it on the web, you can stream it on on your your desktop account, or of course, on your Spotify app, which is how most people reach us. Um, But you don't have to pay for it, you just have to sign up for the app. And so, in that way, we do want podcasts to continue to be available um, to everyone for for free.
2: Cool, thank you. Um, and I've got another question here, and it's um, a bit more in regards to um, format and content. Um, and this question's about the, the hosts of, of podcasts. So the question is, uh, what are your thoughts on the consistency of hosts in, in podcasts? And does, do you think that it's an absolute deal breaker if the listener has a different host each time, uh, even if the setup and the premise of um, the podcast is familiar in each episode?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think the answer to it, like the answer to most great questions is it depends. Um, I think the majority of podcasts really do depend on the relationship between a specific host and the audience. So for most podcasts that are that are listened to and, 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 and honestly like if you look at all the pod, all the audiences, all the consumption that happens, to all the podcasts, you know, a, a huge category is, um, conversational-based live-to-tape, unedited talk shows, and I think for most of those, like the host relationship is really critical. Then there's a whole category of shows that are more format-driven, um, where the host is the host is obviously an important part of the production, but um, but you can see where bringing in a new host wouldn't interrupt the flow of the show and wouldn't um, uh, wouldn't cause significant portion of the audience to leave. Um, but you no know, it, it's definitely true. Like host the host relationship is is absolutely a critical part of a show's success. So you know for a large category, you can't just switch.
2: Cool, thank you. Um, and I have another question here. Um, and this one is about the work you did on, in the state culture Gabfest. And um, so the, the three people talking about pop culture format can be really great or really bad and directionless when done wrong. Um, so can you ask, or can I ask um, about how to get it right? And when sometimes the show leans on anything we say is by default interesting. Um, yeah, can you talk a bit more to that maybe?
1: Yes. Lee, I think this is Lee who's asking this. So this is a great point. Yes, yeah, I is. mean, you can have smart, interesting people in conversation and have the conversation not be interesting. Um, so actually, format really matters. I, so I, this is a, I, I did, um, I think the first podcast I ever made was in Slate Culture Gab Fest. Um, this is way before Gimlet. This is back in my radio career, um, but it had a format. It had segments. There were clearly three topics that were going to be discussed. The hosts had prepared a, a sharp point of view on each. They had clear perspectives that were in conflict with each other. And then at the end, there was um, there was uh, a segment that was called endorsements, and each one of them endorsed a new thing. It could be a movie, it could be a book, it could be a product, it could be an experience. But that's the thing that kept you around listening to the end because you wanted to hear what those people were gonna recommend each week. So yes, creating a conversational show, even with smart, interesting people, it requires structure, preparation. Um, You know, The best podcast, even the conversational ones, they sound easy. They sound, when they sound really like loose and natural, it's because they're prepared it's because people put a lot of thought and preparation into their hard work
2: i think we i think we might actually be at time now um so thank you matt again for your time and um thanks for answering those questions
1: thanks for joining me (laughs) prithi
0: that was matt lieber and prithi day wrapping up on the power of audio if you liked this talk, you can find a heap of sessions from festivals in years past in our podcast feed. Why not try Sound Up Showcase, for First Nations podcasters talking about their work? Find us on social media at Audiocraftfest and sign up to our newsletter at audiocraft.com.au to keep in touch. Catch you next time.